Welcome back. Let's get into it. guys as always i'm super stoked about today's episode we're gonna be talking about how to pick out and find the right pet professional for you which can be like an extremely daunting task so i'm super excited to get into it but first things first it's coffee time a few notes i apologize again my allergies are super bad i am still hanging out with rosie the black lab puppy and uh i'm allergic to dogs so my sinuses are freaking out uh also if you hear any puppy noises that's her uh a few reminders this weekend this saturday august 22nd is my pack walk for black trans lives i'll be raising money for safe house lancaster and the lancaster lgbtq plus coalition all the information is on my facebook page the event link will be posted in the show notes, so I would love to see you guys there. Again, it's Saturday at 11. We will be meeting outside of Buchanan Park. It's free to come, but a suggested donation of 5 or $10 or more, if you're able, is super welcome. I'm really excited, and it's getting a good response, so I'm super stoked about that. And as always, for the month of August, I am offering free consults to any black dog owners, and that is dog owners that are black, not people who own black dogs for any clarification. So if that's you, if you're a dog owner and you are black and you would like a consultation, it's a value of up to $250, please reach out, reach out to me. It's coming to a close soon. We're like halfway through the month. So let's get you in while it's free. And yeah, let's get you set up. You can shoot me an email. It's Courtney at DoocyDogWalking.com. All of the information is in the show notes as always. And a big thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed my podcast already. It super helps get the word out about the show and gets more listeners. I have listeners from Finland and Pakistan, which is super exciting. So if that's you, hi. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited that anyone outside my group of friends is listening so thank you so much if you haven't already rated and reviewed please do so on itunes or apple podcasts again it helps get the oops my phone isn't on silent anyway i'll turn that off but if you rate and review my podcast and send me a screenshot i will send you a sticker pack and it's super cool and you will love it so for some reason, my mic is giving some weird feedback, so I'm going to try to edit it out, but I apologize if the beginning of this podcast is a little like rustly and stuff. I'm not sure if it's me, if it's the air conditioning, or what's going on, but I apologize for any of that background noise. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm still getting used to podcasting, but let's get into the coffee. Guys, today I have the beans with me. So I had never actually heard of this brand. It's called 1562 Roastery. They're local to Lancaster. But my friend Amanda recommended them to me. And so I went online and I ordered their Lancaster blend. But I got a DM from 
uh, I'm assuming one of the owners or one of the employees or someone who works there. Uh, Aaron, shout out Aaron. Hey, thanks for helping me out. Uh, they ran out of stickers for the Lancaster blend, so they threw in a whole bag of free Hysteria Espresso blend. Holy shit. Thank you, 1562, for, like, the best customer service ever and giving me free coffee. Uh, love you. Uh, but anyway, so that's what I was bringing today. If you guys go on my Instagram, you'll see that I had Sammy, who's one of the dogs that I take care of. I had him pick which blend I would try first. So, I have the Hysteria Espresso Blend. It's seasonal. And, listen, I am not, like, one of those people who can, like, smell wine and be like, and taste it and be like, oh, it has hints of this and that and whatever. And I, I've just never been able to do that. I have a poor sense of smell and taste because of my incessant amount of allergies. But let me tell you guys that I can actually like taste the chocolate notes in this and love it. Oh, it's delicious. And I'm wired. And I didn't brew it like espresso. I just brewed it in my, brewed it. I just brewed it in my French press. And so I had an entire French press of espresso, and I don't know, I don't know. I don't know enough about coffee to know if I did that right or not, but all I know is that I'm really enjoying it, and I can't believe I can actually distinguish notes of uh, milk chocolate, also citrus, and it says creamy. So thank you, 1562. I totally appreciate you, and your coffee is bomb. Next week, I'll probably be having the Lancaster blend, which I'm also really excited about. After next week, I just realized that after next week, I'm all out of fresh coffee, so it's probably going to be a few repeats unless you guys either want to send me coffee or you can give me your recommendations so that I can go out and buy them, especially if you live in Lancaster, uh, so I can support locally small-owned businesses. Uh, but yeah, so recommend me coffee so I know what to try. Anyway... Let's get into dogs. Today we're going to be talking about how to find the right pet professional for you. Now, I labeled this as pet professional because there are a million different resources and that you'll need as a dog owner, including your vet, including a dog walker or a boarding facility or a pet sitter or a dog trainer or a groomer. There are a lot of different pet professionals and I think a lot of them, a lot of my advice comes from the same place, I guess, if that's the word that I want to use. Um, and a lot of my advice is applicable to each of these people. So rather than doing an episode per kind of pet professional and boring you guys to death and just repeating information for weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, I figured we just kind of mesh it into one. And I think you will get everything that you need from this one episode. And fortunately, maybe unfortunately, depends on how you look at it, there is a wealth of information online, and there is also a wealth of professionals available to you at your fingertips, basically. Now, this can be a good thing because you have plenty to choose from, but the pet industry is widely unregulated, unless you're talking about veterinarians or, I believe, groomers are somewhat regulated, but like dog trainers aren't regulated, dog walkers aren't regulated. So you kind of have a mix of professionals and hobbyists. So with that being said, it can be extremely hard to find the right pet professional that is legit, but also one that's just the right fit for you and your family. So here are some words of advice that I can give you in finding the right person for you. 
before you even start Googling, before you start asking your friends, before you start asking those Facebook groups that you're a part of, I want you to get a list together of questions that you want to ask. Get a list of requirements, you know, and maybe it's as simple as making sure that they're clean, making sure that their values align with yours, but get a list of questions that you want to ask someone. Sure, you can Google a list of questions to ask a vet and just kind of see what you're concerned about, but really dig deep and think about what it is that you want from these certain pet professionals and what you're willing to accept and kind of compromise about and what you're not willing to compromise about. Friends and family are always going to be a good resource and so are reviews, but I will say this, take every review and every recommendation with a grain of salt because almost everyone is gonna have a different experience than you. Some people are not gonna be a good fit, and that's totally okay. I don't work with every single pet professional, I mean, I don't work with every single pet owner that comes my way because it might not just be a good fit, and that's totally okay. Some people will have really, really bad experiences, some personalities clash. Now, some reviews, bad reviews, are very legit, and but you know, some of them are just people complaining. Anyway, take other people's perspectives and experiences with a grain of salt because it might be different than yours. I also want you to find out what's really important to you. Is pricing the number one thing that you're worried about? Is flexibility important? Find three things that are super important to you, whether they be pricing, flexibility, services offered, reviews, whatever it might be. Find a few things that are important to you and base your search off of those requirements. Now, there are always going to be services like WAG and Rover that offer super discounted and cheap options, but I do want to say just be careful on these sites because they are targeted towards price shoppers. A lot of hobbyists will go on this, and so what do I mean by a hobbyist? I mean someone that works a full-time job and is just doing this on the side, or maybe it's a college student or a high school student that's just trying to get some extra cash in. And they might not know as much as a professional. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially if you're just looking for, like, someone to let your dog out to potty. Of course, my puppy is playing with a bone right now. Not my puppy, a client. But the puppy is playing with a bone right now. And sorry for the noise. But oftentimes, with a hobbyist, they might not know all the best safety procedures, everything about vaccines, and keeping dogs together. Just know that you're going to get a different kind of service with a hobbyist versus a professional. Now, because the industry isn't regulated, technically anybody could be a dog trainer or anybody could be a dog walker, but to make a business and do all the work to do all that stuff, very rarely will you find a quote-unquote professional that isn't very professional. I think a really good way to get to know if a company or a person is right for you is just to meet them. Not even You don't even necessarily have to meet them because I do some distance training, but like have a good conversation with them on the phone. Pick up the phone. I know it's weird. I am resistant to it as well, but you know, just pick up the phone, have a good conversation with them, and if you get along, I think that's a really good indicator that you'll like working with that person. Don't be afraid to interview the shit out of these people because we're going to be doing the exact same thing to you to make sure that you're a good fit for us. But also don't be offended if you're not a good fit. It's not about you. It's about the dogs, right? So sometimes it just isn't a good fit and that's okay. But I do have 
some kind of what I would say qualifications for certain businesses and professionals that I would definitely ask about or keep an eye out for. And so I'll go through them with you pretty quick. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. So let's start with daycare and boarding facilities. A daycare and boarding facility is actually how I got my start as a dog professional. When I got fired from my job in finance, yes, I got fired. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. I started working at a doggy daycare because I knew I wanted to work in the pet industry and I needed some help as I was starting in my business. So I started at a local daycare. And one of the top things that I think that you should be concerned about is cleanliness. If you walk into a facility and it smells like dogs immediately, it's not necessarily a red flag because there are dogs there. So especially depending on the time of day, it's gonna smell like dogs, it's inevitable. But ask them about their cleaning schedule, ask them about their disinfecting schedule, because it is so important that between dogs in crates, in their boarding rooms, in any kind, anywhere basically the dogs touch should be disinfected at least once a day, if not more. And especially crates and boarding rooms should be disinfected between dogs. A lot of illnesses that you'll see in boarding facilities and daycare facilities are things like kennel cough, which is an airborne virus, but also any of the other kind of issues, Bordetella, anything that you're vaccinating your dog against, it's not 100% guarantee that your dog is never going to get that again. So canine influenza, Bordetella, did I say influenza? It's influenza, the canine flu, the doggy flu. <laughs> Whatever, anything that you're vaccinating your dogs against, there is a chance that they can get it, and the chance is increased if they're around other dogs in a, in a confined space. So you want to make sure that they're disinfecting and cleaning after every dog, but you also want to make sure that they're consistently picking up poop. Let's talk about poop, baby. <laughs> so feces is actually one of the number one ways of spreading disease between animals, so you're always going to have dogs that are shit eaters. Like, let's just be real. There's always a couple of them. And so in order to prevent shit eating, but even just like airborne vaccine or airborne illnesses and just the spread of grossness through dog shit, see how often they're cleaning. Are they letting the dogs out and following them around with the pooper scooper, which is what we used to do? Uh, are they disinfecting the yards? Are they disinfecting the rooms? Are they disinfecting the crates? Are they disinfecting the play areas? That is the number one thing that I would be worried about is how clean they are. And they shouldn't only be cleaning with just like bleach. They should be cleaning with kennel specific cleaners. So do you really need to know the name of it? No. But if they're just using bleach, I would say yellow flag, maybe. Bleach is good for a lot of things, but I would say get a dog and cat specific, kennel environment specific cleaner. Something else that I would ask about would be their vaccine requirements. Now, I'm going to do an episode about vaccines and general vet care in the future with some of my colleagues. Uh, I think America has a problem of over-vaccinating our dogs. Now, I do believe in vaccines. I just do believe that they're over-vaccinated, but that's a totally different discussion, and a lot more research has to go into that. But whether your dog is currently vaccinated or if you have run a titer test, make sure that the kennel or the boarding facility or the daycare that you're going to requires vaccines because that's just going to be another way to prevent your dog from getting any uh, dog-related illnesses. 
especially if you're going to a facility, ask for a tour of it. See what the dogs are in. See what they're experiencing. And if you get a good feel, then hell yeah. I'm going to talk about this later, but go with your gut instinct. I've talked about it before. I will continue to talk about it until I am right in the phase. Trust your gut. Another thing that's going to be a key factor in any boarding and daycare facility is how they manage their group play. I would not recommend going to a daycare where an attendant or an employee or whatever you want to call them, I forget what we were called when I worked at the daycare, but they should be in the yard or in the room with them at all times. The dogs should not be left unattended at any times unless they're separated and in crates. So make sure that someone is with the dogs at all time and see how they manage play. Now, the place that I worked at was super strict, but it was good that they were super strict because their incident rate was super low. So things that we looked out for was that like, you know, when dogs are playing, it should only be one-on-one. It should never be two-on-one because then that leads to aggression. Things can never get too excited because when dogs are in a state of mind where they're super excited and they're go, 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 that can turn to aggression so quickly. And so the way that the daycare that I worked at was managed was like super well group. I mean, we were kind of micromanaging the dogs and like some dogs were like consistently in timeouts, but at the end of the day, I only had to separate one dog fight and I worked there for a year and a half and it wasn't really even a dog fight. It was just a scuffle. (laughs) Make sure that the employees are properly trained, especially in things like dog body language and group play. Again, every daycare is going to be different. But ask about these things. These are some things that you can ask about. How are the employees trained? How do they know how to separate fights if a fight happens? How do they monitor play? How many employees are out in the yard with the dogs? Now, I would say it was probably me and 30 dogs. 30 dogs to me. That was a lot. But the way that play and everything was managed, I was able to handle it okay. Daycares and boarding facilities are going to be a little more intense because there are a lot of things that you have to look at. You have to look at, are the dogs getting breaks? Dogs cannot and should not be playing 24-7. If your dog is there from 8 to 3, your dog should not be playing the entire time. Dogs need rest. Dogs need nap time. Make sure that your dog's getting a nap time. See how they handle stress with dogs. See how they pair up the dogs. Just do your due diligence. At this point, you will know your dog well enough to know what sets your dog off. So make sure that you ask the important questions. And of course, if you need help deciphering if a facility is good or not, A, trust your gut, but B, my DMs are always open. Now let's move on to groomers. Not everyone will need a groomer. I would say if you don't have a dog that requires haircuts, I would say take your dog to a groomer at least every six weeks to get their nails done if you're not doing it yourself. But if you're not doing nails and you just want like a professional bath, use it at your discretion. But there are some things that you want to look out for with groomers and something that you want to ask for, again, is going to be cleaning and disinfecting. Vaccine requirements. A lot of the things that I talked about in boarding and daycare facilities Uh, But definitely ask, one big thing that you want to ask is, are the dogs left on the table unattended by themselves? If they say yes, run away. That is a huge red flag. What you'll see with grooming tables is usually dogs are set up and then they have kind of like a slip leash around their neck to hold them onto the table and give the groomer like an extra hand kind of. And 
you've I've seen it a lot with like PetSmart. There was a instance. There was like a period of time where PetSmart had a lot of deaths in their facility because the dogs were hanging themselves. And so make sure that a person is always with the dog when they are on the grooming table. And then ask them how the dogs are contained after they're groomed. I think some groomers do kind of like a freeform, like cage-free environment, which I would be a little leery of just because if they're grooming a dog, they don't have eyes in the back of their head to watch the other dogs and make sure everything's safe over there. So I personally would prefer dogs to be kept in kennels or in X-pens or like some kind of containment so that they aren't interacting with each other. Again, sorry for my allergies. They just got bad all of a sudden. As far as vets go, vets are a little bit trickier. I would say like go and interview them. Go and maybe do like a preliminary appointment. Get to know your vet. See if your morals align with them. This is with any kind a vet or any kind of pet professional, I would make sure that my morals align with them. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm a person who believes that we over-vaccinate our pets, so I want to find a vet that kind of believes in the same thing or a vet that's not going to shame me if I want to titer test my dogs rather than vaccinating them. Um, I'm going to want a vet that believes in raw feeding. I'm going to want a vet that does X, Y, and Z. And so find a vet. Again, interview them. Ask these questions. Ask around. And find a vet that works for you. Now the last one I'm going to talk about is going to be a kind of a combination between a dog walker, pet sitter, and a trainer. So I'm hitting that 20 minute mark. But this one might be a long one. I thought it was going to be short. But here we are. (laughs) So... For a walker and a pet sitter, oof, there's a lot that we could talk about. Let's start with this. How are they managing safety? What are they going to do if your dog gets loose? These are some of the questions that you can ask them. Have they handled a dog that pulls a lot on leash? What do they do when they see other dogs across the way? Have they ever handled an instance where two dogs got aggressive with each other? Make sure that they're going to be protecting your dog because at the end of the day, they're liable for your dog when they're watching them. Uh, Just make sure that they're a good person, especially if it's just like a pet sitter or a dog walker. I can't stress this enough. Trust your gut. Oh my God, trust your gut instinct. Please, for the love of God. Have I said this before? (laughs) Trust your gut. It will save you. If you get an off vibe, it's fine. It's cool. We'll manage. If you don't like us, it's okay. It's hard not to take it personally, (laughs) but at the end of the day, sometimes you just don't vibe and that's okay. And that is your entire being telling you to find somebody else and that's okay. Make sure that any professional that you are working with has insurance and a contract. Please do not hire somebody without signing a contract. It not only protects you and your dog, but it also protects the person that you're working with. Uh, But it will specifically lay out a good contract will specifically lay out what your walker or your pet sitter or whoever you're working with is liable for and make sure that you read it please guys stop signing things all willy-nilly you're gonna get in trouble from me (laughs) i'm gonna yell at you if you sign a contract without reading it no but seriously please read over your contracts when you're signing it there are some stuff that may screw you over in the end so make sure that you understand what you're signing to That's just good life advice for anything. (laughs) 
let's get into trainers a little bit. Uh, this one can be a little bit tricky because there are two very different schools of thought when it comes to training. There are trainers who are uh, what we call purely positive. And what does this mean? That means that they work purely with positive reinforcement, which is giving treats. They don't use any tools. They usually don't say no. Uh, I have found that this works for a lot of dogs, but not every dog. I am what they like to call a balance trainer. I use tools. I tell dogs no. Sometimes I tell dogs to fuck off. It's okay. Dogs can be assholes and they don't understand English. <laughs> People think that the tools that I use, prompt and collars, electric collars, slip leads, martingales, are abusive. They are not because I use them correctly. And this is a topic for a totally different episode, but just to touch on it a little bit, treats can also be abusive. Food can be abusive. Not telling your dog no can be abusive. Uh, the techniques and the tools that I use are the safest because my dogs can't escape, my dogs won't get hit by a car because of these certain tools that I'm using. Again, another episode will come up regarding tool usage. Uh, but find a trainer that kind of aligns with what you do. Uh, if you're looking for behavioral modification, find a trainer that does that. If you've just got a puppy and you just want to do puppy classes, hell yeah, go for that. Uh, if you want group classes, if you want solo work, if you want online work, there's a million different trainers out in the universe and you will find the right one for you. Of course, if you think it might be me, shoot me a DM. I would love to train your dog. Like I said earlier, I do distance coaching. So even if you're in California and I'm in Pennsylvania, I can help you out. I will do my very best. At the end of the day, what I want you to take away from this is that you ask questions. Even if they seem silly, ask the questions because it's your dog. And I would rather you feel silly about asking a quote unquote stupid question than not ask the question and kind of like be harboring that. Be honest with the people that you're working with. Don't worry about hurting our feelings because I'm not going to worry about hurting your feelings. You know, I might skirt around some issues and present them in a polite way, but if it's going to save your dog's life, then I'm not going to worry about hurting your feelings because I just need to give you the facts. So I just ask that you give that in return. I'll be honest with you if you're honest with me. I'll be honest with you regardless because that's just the kind of person that I am. But be honest with these people about what you're looking for. If something, oh my gosh, I cannot stress this enough. I think this is the fourth time that I've talked about this in this episode. Trust your gut. I can't tell you how to do it, but if something feels off, do not go with that person. They will be just okay without your business and you should go elsewhere. And you know what? I think that's all I'm going to say about that because I can't make a decision for you. But if you need help, I can help you to make that decision. I can help you to weed out the good ones and the bad ones. And as always, if you have any questions, please just shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. All of the information is in the show notes if you need it. And yeah, finding a professional can be super scary and intimidating, but be prepared. Even before you get the dog, write down a list of questions, figure out what it is that you want from your pet professional and just find someone that you mesh with. I think that's so important. A lot of my clients I'm friendly with and I speak to them outside of dog training because I've kind of built up this relationship with them. 
and we're kind of like friends and it's, you know, if you can see yourself being, you know, I'm not friends with every single person that I work with, but they're people that I enjoy speaking with and I think that they enjoy speaking with me too. So find someone that you're able to have a conversation with, that you're able to have the hard conversations with and you can ask the tough questions. I'm going to wrap this one up now because I'm hitting the 30 minute mark and it's going to be my longest podcast ever. So I don't want to bore you guys, but stay tuned for the next one. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but I know it's going to be amazing because I'm dope as fuck. (laughs) And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one. Don't forget to rate and review and I love you.